This is not a normal podcast. I'm not in the studio this month. Uh, I'm recording this at the, uh, well, near the top end of Sky. Um, I'm in a lovely place called Kulkagnog. That's C-U-L-C-A-C-N-O-C. I think I've spelt that right. Absolutely glorious day this first day. There was uh, quite a bit of travelling yesterday. It was about eight hours driving from the northeast of England to get to where I wanted to be, but it's all been worth it. Glorious uh, morning this morning. I've just been out taking some pictures and I saw my first seal, which was quite nice. Um, sadly, I didn't have the telephoto lens on the camera at the time, which is always the case. But I'm just heading back after spending an hour or two photographing along the coast. Where I am, there's a nice little path that goes... Uh, along the coast and uh, it has various little different inlets and things and the only problem is is uh, the midges which uh, seem to gather around you as soon as you stop like they've started gathering around me now um, but other than that they don't seem as though too bad they're too bad but uh, you can ignore the midges when you uh, when you're photographing in uh, light like this and in a landscape like this it's uh, very different to North Yorkshire, certainly. So over the next uh, few uh, days, well, the next over the next couple of weeks, really, I will be uh, putting together a few of these little uh, bits and pieces for the podcast and then putting them together, and then hopefully we should have a nice little uh, programme based in uh, Scotland and the Highlands. So I will get out of the midges now and I will head home and get some breakfast. Well, it's the second day, and I've found a nice little quiet place to do a, a further addition to the podcast. And where I am, I've just walked uh, a little bit further along from where I'm staying. There's a bit of a pebbly beach and coves and things, and then it goes into the cliffs. There's a nice little sign that warns you about uh, being careful because the cliffs are quite steep, and they, they are. They're uh, certainly not for people who uh, don't like climbing and don't like heights. I'm actually recording this podcast about two or three metres away from the edge of a cliff with quite quite a drop. I would say certainly 75 feet, 50 feet probably. Terrible to judge heights, but uh, yeah, we would say, let, let's say 40 feet. 75 feet is probably a bit, a bit too much. But I'm, um, there's plenty going on. There's a, a rather nice rainbow over there, if I look to my left, with all of the different coloured hues. Purple, blue, green, yellow, red. I think it's starting to fade now. It's been it's been there quite a while. It's been there about 10 or 15 minutes. It's done quite well. And then if I look straight ahead, there's a couple of fishing boats working. Uh, with a fantastic cloud background. The clouds... I'm looking over to the Scottish mainland now. You can see the mountains. Uh, But you can only see so many of them this morning. The cloud is quite low over the highlands. In fact, it could be raining in places, possibly. Uh, But we'll we'll have to see whether that clears up. But at least uh, there's a bit of interest in the sky. I'm not particularly keen on clear blue skies, so I've been taking pictures this morning. I actually literally got a picture as soon as I got out of bed because I looked out of the window, uh, and fortunately 
there's a, a great sort of like vista of uh, the mountains. And I looked out and I thought, that's fantastic. So I just opened the window, stuck the camera out with uh, the Nikon uh, zoom on, stuck it to 200 mil and uh, fired away. And it looked absolutely uh, fantastic. But uh, the light's constantly changing here, which is always something that I, I like. It's quite dramatic light as well, which uh, it probably sounds a bit of a cliché, um, but I regard myself as a bit of a dramatic photographer, which means that I like um, I like some drama in the picture, especially with my landscapes. I like, you know, stormy-looking clouds or clouds with a bit of interest. I'm not sort of into blue skies and things. There's some more interesting shots up here. You actually can look right the way round across to the mainland and look down the mountains so it's a, a brilliant view from here and it's lovely and quiet as well plenty of wildlife, I saw a seal yesterday apparently there's loads of other things uh, knocking about bird wise and uh, wildlife wise I'll have to say there was plenty of cormorants taken off recently. so if you're a wildlife photographer it's a great place to come but you've just got to be ready because those seals pop up quickly. Have a look at you for 10 or 15 seconds and then just disappear. So by the time I got my camera ready and the lens ready, it had gone. So I will start making it back to get a bit of breakfast. And uh, we'll see what the day brings. It's early Saturday morning and I'm taking a walk along my favourite route as I'm leaving the holiday cottage today. It's been a good week. There's been a couple of days that have been a bit unsettled. Thursday especially, there was plenty of rain. My, my walking boots have been drying out over the last uh, day or so. But other than that, it's been fantastic. The weather's been great, the light's been beautiful, and the landscape is absolutely gorgeous. I'm uh, just in a bay, and the tide's out. It's the lowest I've seen it. This is where I saw the seal earlier in the week. Just popped his head up, and uh, it's surprising how many rocks and things are actually revealed. You don't actually see them, which, of course, you wouldn't do with them being underwater. But as soon as the tide goes out to its lowest point, it's surprising how many rocks and things pop their head up. I decided to have a, one last walk today and I thought I will take the uh, take the Bronica. So I'm shooting on film 6.6, large format. And I'm heading towards my destination, which is where I usually podcast. It's dried up a bit since Thursday. There was an awful lot of water about. I have to cross a stream further back. And that was a raging torrent. It was quite difficult to cross. There was only one place you could actually cross it. Um, but that was quite difficult to cross because of all of the water coming off the, the mountains and things. But other than that, the weather has been very fair. There's been plenty of light about. You've just got to make the most of it if you come to this part of the world because the weather can change very, very quickly. And... Uh, while that sounds as though it's a bit of a 
problem. It isn't actually. I've just got to make a jump across. There we go. Got to make a jump across a stream, which I made successfully. Thank goodness. Otherwise, I'd be rather wet. But you've got to make the most of it. And uh, and there's a photographer at my uh, at my favourite place. Oh dear. I do like having these places to myself. Never mind, we might find out something interesting. But yes, the sun is coming up over the uh, coast of Scotland. There's a bit of a cloud bank, but other than that, it's not too bad. And uh, generally, it looks quite nice. In fact, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It could be a very nice day today. Got a bit of time to kill before I reach uh, the next destination because that's only about an hour and a half away and I've got to leave here by 10 uh, and get to the new place for three so that gives me five hours to kill which I can do in Portree or somewhere. Have a look round. Have a bit of a break and, and then move on. Unfortunately the next place has got Wi-Fi which makes it a bit easier for me to post things and add stuff online than it has been this last week. Where I've been staying, absolutely brilliant place. No Wi-Fi, and you occasionally get three bar, three bars of a phone signal, which is rather apt when you consider three bars when you're surrounded by sheep. And on that rather bad joke, I will go and find out what this photographer's up to. Well, I've just gone and had a word with that photographer who was at my place. I would have stopped there a bit longer if he hadn't have been working, but it doesn't matter. Take him a scene, have a bit of a chat. The interesting thing was, was that he was using uh, filters. I mean, it's quite a lovely morning today with the uh, sky and being blue. And Well, quite honestly, I don't really see the need for a filter, but then again... I can't remember the last time I used a filter other than, of course, the round ones on the front to protect the lens. I mean, I've got all sorts of coking filters, but I haven't brought them with me. I even took the mounts out of uh, my support bag. I have a camera bag that doubles as uh, for carrying spare cameras and batteries and bits and pieces. And the filters usually stay in there most of the year. And I was going to bring them with me, and then I thought, well, if I'm not bringing any filters, there's not really very much point in bringing the uh, the holders, is there? So it's kind of interesting to see photographers using filters now. Uh, back in the days when I was starting out and using film cameras, coking were always advertising and releasing filters, and you used to see photographers, amateurs and professionals going around with their filters on the front of their cameras. Uh, now, you very rarely see it. That's the first photographer I've seen in quite a while, actually, using filter, a filter system on the front of their camera. And uh, I don't know. I think to a certain extent it's easier to shoot an image... And if you want to darken the sky up with a graduated effect, do it in Photoshop. Because at least if it doesn't work, 
you haven't ruined the image. Uh, once you put a graduated filter on, whoop, over the step. Uh, once you put a graduated filter on, that's it. You can't take it off the image, or certainly can't remove it from the image without a great amount of uh, difficulty. So, I don't know. I suppose there's, there's moments when uh, doing the filter thing is probably the right thing to do. But I don't think this morning is it. But then that's just the great thing about photography. People do it in different ways, do it with different gear, have different ideas, and that's what makes it fantastic. I think he was looking at my SQA and wondering what the hell I was doing with this antique piece. Uh, I rather like film. And there's still a lot of photographers out there who still like film. I like shooting both. I like digital and I like film. I like the immediacy of digital and I like the non-immediacy of film. You don't end up looking at the back of the camera and wondering whether you've got it and then shooting another. And to be honest, it's almost sort of an exercise in discipline. You've only got 12 shots, certainly with this camera anyway. You've got 12 shots and that's it. You've got no 16 gig or 32 gig card to save goodness knows how many images. It'd be interesting actually to find out the average amount of images that a photographer shoots. I mean, I've been here a week, and I think I'm up to 300 and... This is totally off the top of my head from the last time I was looking. I think I've taken about 300 and something shots. 360 tops, I think. Which, considering that I've been here a week and there was a couple of days where I didn't actually take that much... um, isn't really that surprising. But then again, one of my heroes was the great Larry Burroughs. Uh, I won't call him a war photographer because he wasn't. But Larry was uh, well known for being able to capture a story with nine rolls of film. He was very, very prudent with his image taking. And I kind of like that. Uh, I think there's a tendency now for people to just bang away and hope that they've got it. And most often they haven't. I can understand taking several images because you want to back up just in case something happens to uh, you know, someone corrupts or something isn't quite right in the shot, you know, someone's gone in the way. Um, but other than that, I would say that the best thing you can do is uh, just take your time and see whether you can get the shot within one or two shots. And certainly if you can do that with digital, you'll have no problem at all with film. And of course, the other thing with film is is that there's costs. If you have uh, a lot of film and you shoot a lot of film, and then if you've got to buy that film, you've also got to, got to get it processed as well, which is a time-consuming and rather costly affair these days. Uh, so, basically, you've got to take your time and make sure that every shot counts... And I think if you can do that, I think you just become a better photographer. Now the light is starting to 
absolutely wonderful now. There's quite a bank of cloud across the uh, across the highlands, across the west coast of Scotland. But sky is uh, lit up by this gorgeous warm orange early morning light. So I will carry on, grab a few more shots, and then see exactly what I can do to kill another 30 minutes. And I'll go back for a bit of breakfast, pack up, and then move on to the next stop. It's Wednesday night, and I've been down in the Highlands now for, well, since Saturday. It's a bit squally, it's a bit rainy, it's getting dark, I should be heading home. The castle in front of me, Eileen Doonan, is all nicely lit up. There's been a few photographers about, but I notice that they've scarpered now because of the weather. It is sort of like closing and getting rather horrible. Getting rather wet, you can probably maybe even hear it tapping against the microphone. Maybe not. But uh, the weather didn't look encouraging when I arrived on Saturday. Uh, and it's actually been rather surprising, it's been quite bright, so it hasn't been as much of a washout as I thought it would be. I've been trying to get some uh, great shots of the castle. One great thing about living near it, I think it's about a 20 minute walk, 15 minute walk, something like that, uh, is that you can capture it on an evening, on a morning, if you get the right weather. The mornings haven't been great because they've generally been a bit rainy and squally and horrible. But the, uh, but the evening light has been quite good. There's just been enough, roughly about 10 minutes, around about 7 o'clock. And I tend to shoot from across the lock downwards so that I get the castle and I also get the mountains in the background, which uh, is nice. And it looks very atmospheric, especially when the light is hitting it. Uh, the last couple of nights it's, been, it's had a dark background because the land's been... The mountains behind it have been in shadow, but the uh, the castle itself has been highlighted by the sun, so hopefully those shots should look quite nice. There should nice warm light on the castle, and even after the sun has sort of gone, uh, it was like this cool blue look to it that was quite nice, so I grabbed a few shots. I've been shooting film tonight because I've been doing the vast majority of the photography on a digital camera. I just wanted a change and it felt really nice to get a couple of rolls through the camera for a change. Uh, just shoot away, not look at the back, not know what you've got and hopefully you've got something great. Now I'm going to try and get out of this squally weather because it's getting very wet so I'm going to start heading back home. Well it's my final day up here. And I thought I'd try and do something uh, that I've wanted to do since I visited last year, and that's walk across the bridge uh, to Skye from uh, Kyle of Lacache. Now, I've just walked one way. It was quite breezy. But I'm going to walk back and do a few recordings on the way. I warn you that the audio might be a bit uh, blowy. One of the things I've noticed over the last couple of weeks... Um, is carrying camera gear. I seem to be lacking certain uh, protective gear, shall we say, for the cameras. I need a bag, really, that's sort of in between what I've got at the moment. I've been using an EverReady case with sticking stuff on the straps, but it's pretty 
damn useless as soon as you start taking stuff off because it alters the weight and the balance and all sorts of things. So when I get back, I'm going to be looking for a bag that sort of fits the uh, out-and-about roll that I want. I haven't taken my Billingham bag out purely because the reason it's just too heavy. It's got too much stuff in. It's great for carting gear about if it's in a car. Um, But other than that, it's not really very practical if you want to walk some distance, and especially if you're walking uphill, it would kill you quite frankly if you tried it must weigh it must weigh four stone uh, and f- for those of you who aren't familiar with weights uh, I can't really give you the kilograms because I don't really know but I would, I would certainly say that it's uh, very very heavy let's put it that way it's probably the easiest way of putting it so I am now at the roundabout uh, near Kailikin and I'm going to start making my way back across and I will record a few uh, bits, probably starting at the summit of the bridge, which is quite blowy, so the next recording might not be great quality. Well, I decided to start the recording at the start of the bridge, so I'm now on the bridge walking up. It's quite uh, arched, so it's quite a climb. As you can probably hear, it's very busy with traffic wait for nice Mr White Van Man to go past Um, the bridge was opened in 1995 it was a toll bridge for about nine years as you can tell it is very busy Uh, it it was a toll bridge until 2004 and then uh, due to a lot of complaints and things by the locals who of course would have to pay they decided to uh, drop the toll. And it really does open the island up. Before that, there used to be a ferry service from uh, Carl of Lockash to Kyleekin, which isn't that far. Uh, it probably would have been great, actually, to do the ferry trip. But uh, the bridge just makes it so much easier to get across. Now, I'm not that far away from the top now. And, oh, we've only been going a minute and 25 seconds since I started recording. They do say that it can take half an hour to walk, but the views from the top are absolutely stunning. They're not particularly great today because there's a lot of cloud about, which hopefully should uh, disappear by... It's quite steep. Hopefully it should disappear by the afternoon. Well, I can't really complain about the weather that I've had. Last Saturday the forecast was, well, for nearly constant rain. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. I've been able to go out and take pictures and do all sorts of things. Have a walk about that I wouldn't be able to in the rain. And uh, the light has been beautiful when it's arrived. big truck, big logging truck. So uh, that is the top and there's a runner coming the opposite way. Yeah that kind of looks a bit brutal running up. Uh, So now I'm on a descent, reached the peak, gone down to the other side, 
and uh, in about another 10 minutes I should be back in uh, Kyle of Lokash. So it's actually quite a good walk and on a very good day you'd have brilliant views right the way down the coast, north and south. It would look absolutely superb. It can get very windy on here though. Another logging truck, this time full of logs. It would actually probably be quite nice to do early in the morning when the traffic's not uh, as busy. It is a very, very busy road, and you can probably understand the reason why they wanted to take the toll away, because uh, all of this traffic, well, quite a bit of it, probably might be put off by... uh, Probably might be put off by uh, paying. I can't. I think it was about five pounds to go across, so it would cost you ten pounds both ways, which is sort of in line with uh, other tolls for bridges. I mean, it's roughly about that for uh, the Humber Bridge back over near me. But as I look down towards the Highlands, there's. A little uh, boat going out. It's a glass bottom boat that takes people out and shows them the wildlife and sunken wrecks. I didn't know until this year that uh, Kyle of Lokash used to be a major minesweeping base during the war. And uh, a fire broke out on one of the minesweepers. And they had to basically evacuate the area because there was loads and loads, loads, and loads of uh, mines that could go up with the boat, go up with the the minesweeper. And uh, they evacuated it all. Fortunately, the boat uh, did blow up, but it didn't blow up the mines. But the wreck is still uh, still in the uh, the lock area, and you can go and visit it on uh, Atlantis, the glass-bottom boat. It actually looks a good trip. Hopefully I'll try and do that next time. Sadly, I probably won't be in Scotland next year lots of things to do new kit to buy and all sorts of things so I don't think I'll be visiting the Highlands but 2015 hopefully whether it will be this part of the world Glencoe looks interesting and we're now well on the descent I'm just passing over an island with some lovely white cottages there's a museum on there for Gavin Maxwell, who wrote Ring of uh, Bright Water about otters, I think, anyway. It had something to do with otters, anyway. I'm sure it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. My literature, I'm not quite up with, uh, up with it as I should be. But it's a beautiful island. It's a shame that they sort of like built a bridge behind it because it would have been lovely and quiet in its day. But uh, that's the way things go. Progress, I suppose. And then uh, <coughs> we're now almost reaching the flat. The bridge is sort of in two parts. If you can imagine uh, Kyle at one end, an island in the other, and then at the far side you've got Kailikin. You've got one bridge going from Kyle to the island. 
And then you've got another uh, bridge that goes from the island. This is the arching bridge that I'm on at the moment. Just about to go off in a second. Like just now. Terrific amount of traffic today. It's very busy. And that's it. I'm off the bridge. And that bridge, the arch bridge, goes from the island to Kailikin. So in effect... You're sort of uh, jumping across. The Eileen Band Trust. Conservation tours of the island. There's wildlife hides, uh, Stevenson Lighthouse, uh, there's a museum. Uh, EileenBand.org is the email address for that if anybody's interested. The Brightwater Visitor Centre. I mean, wildlife, you can't actually uh, beat Scotland, really. Uh, while I was up on Sky, just stopped somewhere, and uh, there was three eagles. There was a golden eagle, and then there was a couple of sea eagles, all of them together, flying about in the same airspace. And it was just a remarkable sight, absolutely beautiful bird. Sadly, I didn't have uh, a lens long enough to actually photograph them, but... That's the way things go. And uh, I'm just surprised that I haven't seen more sort of like wildlife photographers. I saw a couple at uh, Neast Point Lighthouse. There was a lady walking along and she had a very big lens, 600mm, something like that. One of the big aprochromatic jobs. Very impressive. Very heavy, actually. I wouldn't like to carry it back on it because the, uh, the coming back from Neast Point is very, very steep. To climb up this path up, uh, well, a cliff face, and it's very hard. It nearly damn well killed me. Um, so, what it'd be like with a lens of that size? I think you just have to take it in small little lumps and just make your way up gradually. Otherwise, I think the lens would probably kill you. But, um, yeah, the wildlife, the scenery, I don't think you can beat it in the UK. And it's just a shame I won't be back next year, but, you know, we will have to see, you never know. And that's about it. I'm just on the flat heading towards the next bridge. So, let's take a look back at the bridge. It has got a remarkable arch, fantastic view from the top, and I would certainly recommend having a walk across if you ever do visit this neck of the woods. It's uh, probably one of the best ways to see the scenery. The traffic sort of spoils it, but uh, you get some great photos from the top. Right, I will make my way back to Kyle and grab a cup of tea and the, and the sandwich, I think.